Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. I am Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. Delighted to have you in the house this December weekend. The daughter of the chairman of Korean Air boarded a flight in New York's JFK airport this week, and was she was immediately displeased. A flight attendant served her macadamia nuts in an unopened bag instead of on a plate. Well, this particular daughter happens to be the head of in-flight services for the airline. Or should I say she was. She lost her executive job after she threw a hissy fit. She berated the crew cabin staff publicly in front of the other passengers. And get this, demanded the plane return to the gate to jettison the senior flight attendant who delivered her the nuts incorrectly. This incident did not play well in South Korea. Or with Dad who demoted his 40-year-old daughter and apologized, saying, I love this, quote, please blame me, it's, it's my fault, I failed to raise her properly, unquote. How about that for an apology? You're tuned into America's most widely, win- <laughs> most, I don't know what that was, most widely syndicated radio travel show. Coming up this hour, we're going to take a look at this year's report card on how the world's cruise ships are doing in caring for the environment, or at least not harming it. We'll meet two women who cycled across America, and by the way, they're not exactly teenagers either. The author of a new book called 100 Places in France Every Woman Should Go stops by. We'll learn about a starlight reserve and tourism destination. We'll learn what that designation signifies. And there's a garden and sculpture car- park in Grand Rapids, Michigan that doesn't close down for the winter. In fact, it's party time there. Before we start, can I invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter? It's free. If you're already a subscriber, you might note that I haven't exactly been hitting that weekly deadline recently. Well, speaking personally, I have a friend who's got some serious health problems, and I've been spending quite a lot of time uh, helping out in that regard. But I will tell you the newsletter is quite personal. I write it all. I don't put in stuff like how to pack your luggage. I talk about where I travel to, maybe my favorite restaurants in L.A. or London, some inside information on the travel industry. I try to save you a lot of money on hotels, airfares, even rental cars. It's free, only once a week, no advertising in it. Just send me an email at rudy at rudymaxa.com and put subscribe in the subject line. Okay, before we meet our first guest, a couple of items of travel news. It's one thing when a sabotaged air traffic control facility knocks out Chicago's O'Hare Airport, as happened a couple of uh, months ago. But it's quite another, quite another when London's airspace is closed by a power outage at an air traffic control facility. Reason number one, London's got five very active airports. Reason number two. Heathrow is the world's busiest airport, and reason number three, London's a crucial linchpin for carriers all over the world. Now, the outage only lasted for about an hour Friday afternoon, but it was enough to disrupt flights for the whole evening. About 300 flights were airborne in the U.K. airspace when the power outage occurred. Hundreds of international flights had to be rerouted or canceled, and misconnections means there are still travelers this weekend sorting things out. didn't take long for American Airlines management and its flight attendants to reach a tentative contract agreement with the help of an arbitrator only two days. Hmm. New contracts worth about 112 more than the flight attendant's current contract, about $81 million more than the contract the union had rejected in November, rejected by a vote of, uh, get this, 8,200 flight attendants opposed that contract, 16 liked it, 16. Anyway, the arbitrator gave them 81 more million bucks, so that hopefully is concluded. Now, American still has to deal, by the way, with its, uh, with its pilots and um, 
uh, uh, flight attendants, other, other folks, and so on. Uh, vail Resorts uh, plans to create the nation's largest ski resort over the next two years in Colorado. The plan is to connect two resorts, Park City and the Canyons. That'll create more than 7,300 acre, acres of, of, uh, of mountains. The result will be what Vail Resorts will call the Park City Mountain uh, Resort. Jeff, do we have our guest with us? We do. And uh, who's on the line? I'm sorry. Who? Oh, Marcy Kever. I'm sorry, Marcy. I, I left my uh, guest schedule uh, across the living room, and I can't leave the microphone to get it. Marcy, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thanks. It's nice to talk to you today. Now, every year, you all judge which cruise ships tend to treat the environment a little more uh, kindly than others. Give us, give us a little background on what this report says about cruise ships, and, uh, and then we'll get to how things are going this year and if they're any better than since we talked last year. That's right. Uh, Friends of the Earth issues a cruise ship report card every year. Uh, This year we looked at 16 different major cruise lines, uh, 167 ships. And unfortunately, what we have found, as we found in previous years, is that in particular, these cruise ships are dumping more than a billion gallons of partially treated or untreated sewage into our oceans every year. Much of it, um, you know, this is according to federal data published by the EPA, um, and You know, in past years, we've talked to the cruise lines, we write them, we ask them to confirm the information we research, and in past years, they've gotten back to us. Unfortunately, this year, none of the cruise lines got back to us, refused through their industry association. That's right. Why? I mean, well, I guess I know why, because you've you've done some unfavorable reporting in previous years. Probably. I I don't think anyone likes to be graded. Um, You know, none of us, at least I'm not in school anymore. I don't think any of the cruise lines are. And so, you know, we understand they're um, maybe not so happy with some of the grades. But, um, you know, last year we gave uh, Disney Cruise Line an A. Um, They had updated all their – they went from an F in 2009 to an A. They'd updated all their technology and were doing a really great job in their operations um, and finally issued an A across the board, which we'd never done before. So and it was really frustrating. How many cruise to, lines cooper- excuse me for interrupting. Uh, no. How many cruise lines uh cooperated last year? All of them. Uh, all 16. Um and so it was really frustrating to have a complete reversal um in that that dialogue and that transparency and not only just because we issue the report card and want to confirm the information that we've researched but this is what's frustrating for passengers, people who are going to take a cruise. Um, we think this is information that's important and that people want to have um, in order to make a choice when it comes to taking a cruise. So many decisions get made when you choose a vacation, and people are taking the environment into account, and the industry is obscuring that information, not only from us, but from their passengers. Well, clearly they all got together and decided not to cooperate. I mean, it wasn't just one, one cruise line dropping out. What do you th- – I mean, can you – Without their information, can you even venture a guess whether things are getting better? Um, we can because, you know, there's lots of information that we can research uh, outside of, of asking the cruise industry. And we've built this database over the years since 2009. So we actually have an idea um, of what these folks have installed and, and what their operations are. We get data from the state of Alaska about how they're operating, the, the one place in the country where they actually test what's coming out the back of the cruise ships. Uh, so, you know, we have got a good database. There may be some mistakes, but, you know, that's not in the favor of the industry when they're not going to get back to us. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I'm st- did anybody even give you a reason for this? The industry, through their industry association, CLIA, wrote us a letter and just said, we don't think your methodology is correct and, and we're not going to respond to your survey. 
Ah, so the Clio is the cruise line. What is it? Industry International Association. That's International right. Association, right, Marcy? And uh, and so. And before, had you worked through CLIA? Did you work with the individual uh, cruise lines? It was with the individual cruise lines. Um, and so we write to them, and, you know, we wrote back after we got this letter from CLIA, and, and no one got back to us. So that's why we created this new category this year on transparency, and unfortunately, everyone got an F. So no. everyone's oh. grades have gone down. Marcy Cleaver, uh, Cleaver is uh, uh, with Friends of Earth, and uh, we have disappointing results this year. Marcy, we may touch base with you before next year, okay? That would be great. I really appreciate your time today. We'll be right back. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code TRAVELHAPPY for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com slash rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors to get instant vacation gratification. This is a special alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction to ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 That's 1-800-237-2199. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there is no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline. 1-800-237-2199. 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. cold winter weather. It makes my skin so dry, itchy, and irritated. Can I get some help, please, for this winter skin of mine? Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing has the strongest non-prescription itch medicine available. Its seven moisturizers help heal skin, so you'll stop itching and start feeling relief fast. Ah, my skin feels like it's been on vacation, even with 10 inches of snow outside. Itch-free, worry-free, Cortisone 10. Use as directed. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment is brought to you by our loyal sponsor, Orbits.com. Have you seen the Orbits Rewards program? Well, it offers you a way to earn and redeem rewards instantly, and the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards is earning them even more, or earning even more of them more often. And when you join Orbitz Rewards right now, we got a new promo code, by the way. If you're a regular listener, we had an older promo code. This, this is a new one. It's called Gift Me, all one word, Gift Me, all one word. If you use that promo code when you book on Orbitz, you'll get an extra 15% off eligible hotels. Again, the promo code is Gift Me. Think of it as our gift to you and Orbitz's gift to you. Sign up now at Orbitz.com slash rewards, and you'll get instant vacation gratitude. 
Electrification. Alice Honeywell and Bobby Montgomery um, are our guests. Um, they, um, well, they just bicycled across America one day. Uh, Alice and Bobby, uh, explain, well, first of all, I know, I don't want to be accused of ageism, but how old are you two, roughly? Well, when we did the trip, we were 55 and 57. Okay, I just wanted to make clear to the audience that we weren't talking a couple of 18-year-olds here who just got, you know, just got out of high school and bicycled across America. You started where, went where, but more importantly, why? Well, we started in Astoria, Oregon, and we finished up in Bar Harbor, Maine. And we both had similar yet slightly different reasons. I, the simple answer is girls just want to have fun. <laughs> but for us, we had been cycling for several years doing shorter trips of about a week long. And once you get into that area of cycling, you meet people who have cycled uh, across the country or even around the country. And they always are so messianic, practically, about their trips that it just sounded like something that I gradually got interested in and also through reading. And Alice can take the next part. Yeah, uh, books were great inspirations for us. Um, there's a classic called uh, Full Tilt by Dervla Murphy, a woman in Ireland who bicycled from Ireland to India alone in 1963. And that's something of an inspiration. It makes us think, ah, wow. we wow. could do something a lot less than that. And uh, it and, was a big trip, but anyone can do it if they want to badly enough. How long did it take, and, and do you know how many miles you averaged a day, roughly? We averaged about 55 miles a day. Okay. We took rest days about every seven days because we knew at our age we cannot abuse our bodies too much without ramifications. Right. And um, it was, what, 89 days, Alice, of that yes. actual trip? I think so. So, th so three months. Now, did you do careful logistical planning before you left? I mean, did you know where you were going to have your rest day? Did you know where you'd wind up every night? Did you make advance reservations? Did you camp out? Did you stay in hotels? Well, we planned it for about two years because planning is half the fun. So um, we, uh, we planned every day that we were going to, where we were going to be every day, and then okay. had a budget. It was like a budget, a uh, time Excel spreadsheet. But only twice did we ever stay where we said we were going to. Even the very first night when we came <laughs> to the place we thought we were going to camp out, it did not look very wholesome, so we went on and got a motel room. And that's the thing. We decided we would be flexible about everything. One of our watchwords is that we are infinitely flexible. So, and, and, and what was your budget? We spent about probably $5,000 apiece. That's including about four different airfares when we arranged to meet up with our uh, loved ones. Uh, but we would meet up with a loved one and then resume the trip. Many people uh, we do it on we'd be much gone for, from than the that, trip for a weekend. People credit card it and spend a lot more. I see. So, in other words, you'd park your bike somewhere and maybe fly to visit someone right. you wanted to see and then come back to where your bike was and continue. Right. right. Okay. Did you know you were going to write this book, which is called, by the way, Across America by Bicycle? We'll talk about that in a moment. Did you know you were going to write a book at the time, or was just this just going to be the two of you doing what you wanted to do? We had not planned to write a book until somebody in North Dakota asked us, I want to read your book. And we started talking <laughs> to each other about, well, yeah, we could write a book. I'm an English teacher. Alice is an editor. We know good writing. We're both voracious readers. We thought we could write a book, and we started talking about what our audience would be for the book and found that we thought there would be a varied audience for such a book. 
And we had kept very uh, detailed journals. Every night we wrote in our journals, so we had all the information. Well, I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about that journal. My guests are Alice Honeywell and Bobby Montgomery, B-O-B-B-I, by the way, on Bobby. Um, They are authors of a new book called Across America by Bicycle. They are obviously cycling enthusiasts. They spent uh, three months crossing America from from Oregon. Where did you wind up? In Maine? Yes, Yes, Bar Harbor. Bar, in Bar Harbor, right. And, uh, and, and, okay, so you talk about keeping this journal. And let me ask you this, because I, I travel a lot, and I always vow to either post on my fan page on Facebook or put in my news or keep notes or something. And I often find at the end, I'm so exhausted that okay. keeping a journal sort of slips. Did, yeah. did, did you, you two are much more disciplined or what? <laughs> it was important to us. It was very important. We only had, but see, bicycling is a simple adventure, simple activity. All you have to do is pedal, eat, do the laundry, sleep, and write the journal. There's nothing else. There's no committee meetings, no phone <laughs> commitments, you know, uh, no office calls to make. It's a and very time, simple and fun no way Facebook. to live. There was no Twitter. So all we were doing was Alice would post to our web guru who would put it up on our website for us. Okay. But both of us did keep separate journals, which, as Alice said, came in really handy when we decided to finally write the book. And the website, I don't know if it, what, it, what it was then, but it is now acrossamericabybicycle.com, which is uh, the exact title of the book and certainly easy to remember. Okay, so, so did you write in longhand? In, or you, I guess you typed on a computer and sent it to your web person to put up, right? Right. All right. So how much, how much weight were you carrying then? You had a laptop, obviously. <laughs> That's a good story. Um, we didn't, uh, I really didn't know how much weight that I had on my bike until we got into Montana. And in the middle of nowhere, there was a truck scale to weigh the truck. So we thought we would weigh our bikes. <laughs> and we put the bikes on the scale, and the gentleman was happy to help us. I wasn't standing on the scale. It was just my bike. And I found out that my bike and my gear weighed 100 pounds. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, I thought, so don't tell me then, it's just riding the bike and then staying, going right. to sleep and getting up the next morning. You were a pack horse. So, well, but it worked I, out, uh, Rudy, because Bobby's a faster bicyclist than I am. And I had 20 pounds less gear. So this allowed me to keep up with her. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, what, what in sports where you get a, a handicap. But what, what was in there that could possibly weigh so much besides a laptop? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm I'm going to revise that number. Alice, was it 60 pounds? It wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, pounds. she was right. You were right the first time. But on a truck scale, there's a, yeah. a margin of error of 10 pounds. So it could go. It could have been 90, or it could have been 110. We didn't know. What was the heaviest thing in there, short of a laptop? Probably the tent. Oh, and nowadays, tent. tents are much lighter. My tent was about six pounds. So nowadays I have an ultralight tent, which is only between two and three pounds. Right. I didn't know you were carrying a tent. But, oh, but, yes. Okay. okay. The other and, thing, and, Rudy, is the water. Water oh, yes. weighs eight pounds a gallon. And we had to have, it was the hottest summer in 50 years out west, and we had to carry a lot of liquids with us. Okay. All right. That's true. Water, water is heavy. Did you have to replace your shoes ever? No. No, No, and we didn't even have to replace many tires. We only had five flats in the whole 3,600 miles between us. Well, I finally Mm. had to use my tire that we carry a folding tire with us. 
And in New Hampshire, I had a gash of about three inches long just before we were going to do the Kankamagas Pass to go into Maine, and I had to change that tire and get rid of the tire and put the new one on. Because you couldn't repair the, the, the gash. Uh, would you all, have you ever thought about doing it again or a similar, you don't have to do cross-country, I mean, down the West Coast, for example, from Oregon? I'm dreaming of doing Maine to Florida. <laughs> right now it's kind of a dream, but we both have discussed doing the Mississippi Road, riding down the entire Mississippi. We've done a little bit of it. Uh, and, well, we talk about other trips, Alice. What else have we talked about? Well, we've talked about the West Coast. The concern there is traffic, but uh, it's doable. And so we might do that. We haven't planned this next year's trip. We we have always done a week-long trip. Not always, but for about 30 years we've done a week-long trip. Fifteen so seconds left. Do you have any sane members in your families who are telling mm -hmm. you to stop doing this? <laughs> Nobody's asked us to stop, but um, both my daughter was not too excited about the original trip. <laughs> but our, our loved ones were very supportive, and that is key to success. Well. Congratulations to you both. Alice Honeywell and Bobby Montgomery are authors of the book Across America by Bicycle. And, in fact, if you go to that website, acrossamericabybicycle.com, you'll learn more about them. Mazel tov to you. Congratulations, Alice and Bobby. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. No proof that you're mid-50s. You can bicycle across country in three months. No problem. We'll be right back. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code TRAVELHAPPY for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com slash rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors to get instant vacation gratification. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It's 33 minutes after the hour. This segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. Now is a great time to plan a trip to the country of Ireland. Lonely Planet has declared it the best in travel for 2015. Ireland features fascinating cities, including Belfast and Dublin. But Bob and Mary Carey and I recently explored various parts of Northern Ireland just a couple weeks ago, including the towns of Derry and Enniskillen. And we highly recommend visiting these parts of the beautiful country as well. 
If you miss those broadcasts, by the way, the archives can be found at the radio show website, RudyMaxa.com. Just click on podcasts and you'll see the last two weekends of uh, broadcasts from there. So jump into Ireland for 2015 by visiting Ireland.com and plan your trip of a lifetime. It's a gorgeous country and the people are really happy to see you. Another gorgeous country is France. We all know Italy, France, the UK, Ireland, Scotland, favorite places for Americans uh, to visit in Europe. Uh, Marcia DeSantis, uh, excuse me, DeSantis has written a new book. It's been, uh, uh, it's still on the top of the New York Times travel top bestsellers. It's called 100 Places in France Every Woman Should Go. I'm delighted to have Marcia on the show for the first time. Marcia, welcome to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Rudy. All right. So now what, uh, now uh, why every woman should go? Um, how are women's places different from places men should go? Well, you really have to um, kind of, in this world of lists and, um, you know, everything is listified right now, but you have right, to differentiate, right. differentiate them a little bit. Um, but as far as women go, uh, obviously we know that men love France as much as women do. But um, part of it is that I wanted to tell some stories about great women in France, whether it's Brigitte Bardot or Catherine de' Medici, and sort of get people and women aware of some of the places um, uh, where their stories and their ghosts kind of live. And just another thing is I think women are, are very particularly susceptible to the charms of France. Um, it's just, uh, it appeals to something very feminine and very, and very sensuous, um, in ourselves. And I think it's why, why France, particularly Paris is very much on, on every woman's bucket list, travel bucket list. I noticed you dedicated the book to Mark. How did Mark feel about you doing a book just for women? I'm kidding. <laughs> I Who married Mark? Mark in France, so um, uh, he actually he's got nothing helped, to complain about. <laughs> he actually helped me a lot. With, you know, even with with our own memories, he was a great repository of of our life in France. We we got married there. Uh, he's American, but we lived there for four years. Um, and and I like to be in France with him actually. So um, part of it is is things for women to mark off for themselves to say, okay, um, here's where I want you to take me next time. So um, men actually have sort of a um, kind of a, a collaborative um, effort in this, uh, in this travel book for women. You scored 100 points on that answer, Marsha. Terrific. Well done. Now, as Marsha pointed out, there, there is this proliferation of lists. I've sometimes railed against it because there are these superficial looks at places or, you know, you got to go to this restaurant, you go to that market. Um, what I like about Marsha's book is while it is 100 places in France every woman should go, it goes into great detail. I mean, for example, the, I mean, she's done how many pages are you on the absinthe bar in Antibes uh, alone? Just, uh, just, you know, there's three and a half pages. In other words, what I'm saying is she doesn't just say go to Nîmes and Arles. She'll recommend a couple favorite hotels there. She'll talk about cooking classes in various cities as Normandy, Lyon, Nice, etc. And uh, and she goes all over, that, including Brittany, places that sometimes Americans don't think of uh, going to the various coasts of France. Um did you did you pick the places before you went to them, Marcia, or did you, in, court, in the course of traveling, collect string? I collected a lot of string while I was traveling, but because I lived there and had spent a lot of time there, I definitely had sort of a list to work off of. But mostly, I, I did want to sort of diverge from... Um, from guidebook script a little bit. And I wanted places that I could really write about, that I could, um, you know, that, that had a story, that either I had a story 
or um, or some great you know woman in history had a story. Uh, I wanted places where I could write about it. And it's interesting you picked up on Brittany because um, to me, you know, one of my favorite chapters is. Um, uh, was on the lighthouses of Brittany, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the lighthouses of Finisterre. And to me, it was kind of a bigger story about what does a lighthouse mean? These are such stolid and and um, uh, and patient creatures that maybe we actually, all of us have something to kind of learn from a lighthouse. So I, I didn't want it to be just about destination. And, um, and as you mentioned, there's very little about kind of how to get there and where to stay and, and, um, uh, and, uh, and where to eat when you're there. But it's more about um, how we all relate to the places that we that we um, that we end up as travelers. Yet it is specific. I mean, you do share what you see as you walk through, say, Nice or whatever. I mean, this is not uh, it's not a theoretical book and it's not a book just of lists. And uh, I note your background. Uh, you certainly understand the importance of telling a story. Uh, Marcia DeSanctis is a former TV news producer who's worked for well, the three major networks, and uh, has written for as many magazines as I have, and she's won as many Lowell Thomas Awards for Excellence. I'm reading it right now. Lowell Thomas Awards for Excellence in Travel Journalism I have. Well, Marsha, my God. We have a and, lot but <laughs> You do have a lot of uh, masters in international relations from the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. She lives in Connecticut with, her, with Mark and her two children, or their two children, I should say. Um, pick it up. There is a website for the book, I believe, and I'm looking for it on my notes here, Marsha. It is MarshaDeSanctis.com. Marsha is M-A-R-C-I-A-D-E-S-A-N-C-T-I-S. MarshaDeSanctis.com. But just check 100 Places in France. Every woman should go on... Uh, uh, on, on Amazon or your local bookstore. Marsha, congratulations on putting out a solid book, and uh, nice to have you on the show. Thank you. It was a real honor to be on your show, Rudy. I'm a, I'm a great admirer. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. You turned my head. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. This is a special alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction to ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there is no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline. 1-800-237-2199. 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. This is the sound of skiers in the backcountry. <laughs> and these are hikers out on a trail with their new gear from REI. Oh. At REI, we know you love the outdoors. And here's something else you'll love. Great deals on outdoor gifts for the holidays. Save up to 30% on selected items each week, now through December 17th. Shop your local REI or go to REI.com. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. 
I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. True Car is changing car buying forever. Hi, it's Leah. True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Just in the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step, simple. Just print out your savings certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call now at 800 387 8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show. Um, well, you know, we talk a lot about different kinds of travel. travel. People travel to shop. That seems to be the most popular by uh, – confuses me, but that's every time they do surveys. Shopping seems to be the most popular reason for traveling. But I bet people get more out of it than shopping. Uh, we've talked about tourism, people who love to go through sewer systems of various big cities. But let's leave that aside for the moment. I like this one. Astro-tourism. Astronomy-tourism. This came to my attention because of my next guest, Vaughn Parrott and Charles Leary are proprietors of a lodge in Nova Scotia. And if you've never been to Nova Scotia, well, go to maxa.tv and buy my DVD that has a segment on a 30-minute show on Nova Scotia, another one on Newfoundland. And go to the Trout Point Lodge. Vaughn Parrott and Charles Leary are the proprietors of the Trout, proprietors, excuse me, of the Trout Point Lodge in Nova Scotia. And they discovered that at night magical things happen there. Vaughn and Charles, welcome to the show. Happy, happy to have you aboard. Thanks a lot. Hi, Rudy. Thank you. All right. So, but before we get to astrotourism, I mean, it's a, it's a short segment. I mean, all the segments are short here, but, uh, but just back up a little and tell me about a little of your backgrounds and how you came to be running a lodge in Nova Scotia. Uh, well, we uh, both studied other things. Vaughn was trained as a lawyer and uh, actually got a PhD in uh, Chinese history and taught. Well, no well. wonder. <laughs> Uh, but had a love of food and travel and uh, basically followed that passion to uh, end up as farmers first and then ultimately as uh, hoteliers and restaurateurs. Why Nova Scotia? Uh, or, or how did it happen, I should ask, rather than why? I know it's a beautiful place. One very hot, uh, one very hot Louisiana summer, we uh, were thinking about uh, how to escape the heat and uh, have a break from our, our fairly tough farm life lives, and we decided to go to Nova Scotia, and when we did, uh, we were pleasantly surprised. The climate was amazing. I think uh, Nova Scotia's probably got the best summer climates in North America, and uh, at the same time, when we arrived, we were, we were struck with the fact that, uh, you know, for Louisianans, Nova Scotia's the motherland. The uh, people who came to Louisiana were expelled by the Brits 
1755, and uh, they have never stopped thinking about Nova Scotia. And we had always wondered what it was like, and when we went, uh, we were amazed. We saw the same names, the same uh, facial expressions, the you know we heard the same voices, and it was just a you know very pleasant, very fam- uh, familiar but, place but I gather, to be. Did, do, do I understand correctly that you built this lodge? We did. We built it. Unbelievable. We searched for two years to find a property that would look the same in five years. Our standards were fairly low then. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> Sixteen years later, we're still here, and, and uh, the area all around the lodge has been declared a UNESCO uh, natural heritage site. All right, let's talk a little about, we have a few minutes to talk about astro, uh, uh, astrology, excuse me, astronomy and tourism. So you'd go out at night uh, after working in the kitchen, I understand, and you would see these amazing stars. When, when did you sort of codify this? When did you discover there's a whole movement that, uh, that is into this? Because I gather the night sky is so clear there that you can see the heavens uh, better than the rest of us who live in cities. Yeah, it's basically a question of absence of light pollution and just clarity of the skies. We have maritime weather, so when it's clear, it's very clear. And uh, we ultimately decided to hire our own staff astronomer about five years ago, and then we began looking around for a way to make this a larger project, something that would benefit the region. And we discovered there's an initiative called Starlight that was backed by UNESCO and the International uh, Astronomical Union and others uh, to create starlight reserves, places where the absence of light pollution would, would remain forever, but also starlight tourist destinations. So it seemed like a perfect program. And you learned there were a group of astrophysicists in the Canary Islands. So you, you went there to the Canary Islands to learn from them. And now you have your own telescope or scopes. And, and uh, I mean, that's really a big part of uh, the Trout, uh, Trout Lake Lodge, isn't it? Uh, Trout, excuse me, Trout Point Lodge, sorry. It is, in fact. We have uh, four telescopes presently, including a solar scope. So even during the daytime, people can look up at the heavens and learn about the skies. I've never heard of a solar scope. Yeah, yeah they're quite amazing. Oh, my goodness. Especially if you're lucky enough to see some of the amazing giant solar flares that have been occurring as of recently. So well, we, just, uh, we worked on this project to get the whole region declared uh, as a starlight destination, tourist destination, and we just got that certification a couple of weeks ago. So the whole region is uh, behind us and is going to uh, start offering astrotourism-related things. Um, are you open year-round? I'm sorry? Are you, op- are you open year-round? We are not. Uh, we'll be opening in uh, May. Um, All right. Let me give the website before we have to go out. Vaughn Parrott and Charles Leary are proprietors of the Trout Point Lodge. The website is troutpoint.com. Check it out, please. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. 
Welcome back to the show. You know, we were just talking to the proprietors of the Trout Point Lodge up in Nova Scotia. And before that, um, uh, Marcia DeSanctis, author of 100 Places in France, subtitled every, Where Every Woman, well, it's not 100 Places in France, Everyone Should Go. If you would like to know more about these guests and find their websites and get more information, uh, go to my Facebook fan page. Just look up Rudy Maxa Travel Leisure, Travel and Leisure on Facebook, and uh, you will find links to our guests and to their projects there. I think we have about 40, a little over 4,600 likes. So help us get up to 5,000 likes. I mean, let's try to do that by the end of, I don't know, January or something. Like 5,000 is a, a good number. You know, when I was a kid... I had the most amazing, I still remember it vividly, it's the most amazing experience of my life when it came to formal gardens. I went to a place called Longwood Gardens in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. That's the name of the town, Kennett Square. It's right near Delaware. And it was Christmas. And the gardens had been done up for Christmas. My parents took me there, and I was blown away. Uh, I say this to tell you that if you live anywhere near gardens, it doesn't mean if it's cold and there's snow outside that exciting things aren't happening. And to prove that... uh, Andrea uh, Wulschleger is with us. She is a public relations manager with the Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Guard, Garden, excuse me, Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, is it Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. It's Andrea. Thanks, Rudy. <laughs> Andrea Wulschleger. Um, is, <laughs> a little bit German. <laughs> it would be the German. Um, now, now uh, the reason we're having you on the show is because our producer, Janet DeAcevito McDonald, has been spending some time up in Grand Rapids, and she's just blown away by your place. This is radio. We can't give an HD picture um, of, of the Frederick Meyer Gardens and, and Sculpture Park. Paint us a word picture. What's going on up there in the winter, Andrea? You know, I'm really glad you asked about that because in the winter, people don't see Meyer Gardens as being open. You know, it's snowy here. We It's cold. We get a ton of snow in Grand Rapids. So this is something that is great, a great opportunity for people to take advantage of. So actually going on right now, we have our Christmas and holiday traditions around the world. And that encompasses over 40 holiday displays and 300,000 outdoor lights. So if you can kind of imagine that. It's beautiful. It's amazing to see. And it's a really great way to celebrate the holidays. So this year actually kicks off our 20th anniversary, which focuses on the theme Welcoming the World. And that's in light of our Japanese garden that's going to be opening in June, which I can definitely talk about that a little bit later. But as far as our New Year's traditions go, we have the Korea New Year's, the Japanese, Vietnam, and the Chinese. So that, oh those goodness. displays are all ones that we're going to be highlighting this year, and it's definitely something to check out if you make it to your garden. How late are you open at night? Um, actually, that's a great question because this week we have extended hours. So we will be open during the week until 9 p.m. up until Christmas. And, of course, it gets dark around 6 o'clock now, so, or even earlier. Uh, well, so actually, kind of like 4.35. <laughs> I was trying to get more people up there, Andrew. Um, but yeah, it's you, actually The point is you can see the lights the early, earlier in the evening. I'm sorry? The point is you can see lights earlier in the evening, 5, exactly. 6, 7 exactly. o'clock. Yeah, early in the morning when you drive by or, yep, coming in in the evening, you can definitely and see those lights. We're talking 132 acres here. This is not somebody's big backyard. And let me uh, correct the spelling of Fred, or not correct, but tell you the spelling if you're looking this up. Frederick Meyer. Meyer is spelled M-E-I-J-E-R, M-E-I-J-E-R. And Frederick doesn't have a C-K at the end. It's a K. So it's Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. But also, if you just go to my Facebook fan page, Janet's put a link up there, and you can see it. So you've got 132 acres of gardens. And in the winter, you light this place up like a bonfire, right? 
We really do. I mean, like I said, 300,000 outdoor lights. And what we do is, regardless of the weather, we always clear the pathway. So our sculpture park is actually 30 acres. So you can take a nice walk through the sculpture park through plowed pathways. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the elements. I mean, as long as it's a nice day, you can definitely go out and check that out. And This is a romantic date place. This could be, I, I understand, because I went as a kid to Longwood Gardens, as I mentioned when I introduced you. I, it's a great family place. Also, mm-hmm. also could be a really unusual and romantic date, couldn't it? Absolutely. And right now, as part of our Christmas and holiday traditions around the world, we actually have horse-drawn carriage rides that go through a oh, candlelit sculpture That's park. That's too much. So, That's yes. too romantic. It is. Are, are you performing <laughs> weddings as well in the evening? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, gosh, yeah. We're definitely very busy with weddings. So we do weddings year-round. In the winter, you do weddings? We do. Yep. We actually, if we don't do them outside, well, technically it's tough to do them outside because it's sure. Michigan and you never know with the weather, but pictures are definitely available outside. But we also have a tropical conservatory, and that is a wonderful place. It's always 80 degrees year-round in there, so it's a great place to have a wedding there as well, as well as different other greenhouse areas within the property. Well, it just sounds charming. It just sounds lovely, and I would like to recapture my boyhood. I wish I, I I'm over in Minnesota. I'm not that far away from you, Andrea. So, no, uh, and, but yeah. I certainly so appreciate you get the weather. The weather. <laughs> Andrea, well, uh, well, I'll pronounce it the American way. Wulschlager is the public there relations manager for the Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's mm-hmm. it's just sounds gorgeous, and winter is a great time to visit. The website is MeyerGardens.org, and let me spell Meyer for you again. M is in Mary. E I J. E-R, M-E-I-J-E-R, all one word, MeyerGardens.org, open till uh, 9.30 this week, and I presume you're open till 8-ish or so on other weeks, uh, Andrea? Tuesday evenings, we're always open till 9 p.m. The rest of the time, we're open till 5 p.m. Till 5 p.m. Okay, so Tuesday's your Mm -hmm. night after, if you can't make it this week, go Tuesday. Andrea, thank you for stopping by. Thank you, Trudy. Appreciate it. This hour went by alarmingly fast, but fortunately most of our stations stick around for our second hour. If yours does, give us about a six-minute break for a stretch and some news and ads, and we'll be back with a lot more travel talk. I'm Rudy Maxa. Glad to have you in Rudy Maxa's world this weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Maxa's world, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.